재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Bringing you stimulating discussions on current affairs Discover the best of news and current affairs Primetime on TBS EFM 라스프라이데이더센트럴인텔리전스에이전시컨클루데드위스워트데이딤투비하이컨퍼던스하커스코퍼레이팅위스러시언거버먼트액티드위스인텐투프로모트도널트럼프레젠셜캔디더시앤하
he said it would be a good thing. Right. Um, something which is actually a crime under federal law to do. Now, what Trump is now doing is something which goes beyond simply the seriousness of this case, because what he's saying is, when I become president, I'm not going to trust my intelligence agencies at all. He said in an interview last weekend, I don't need to read intelligence briefings because I'm so smart. Now, imagine this, that the leader of the United States is going to be considering serious foreign policy, economic, and military issues without any reliance on information from the services that are set up to keep him informed. I, uh, I find it very disturbing, to say the least. And when we talk about this concern that people have in terms of uh, what Russia's role in this, what uh, Russia's, uh, I suppose, influence on Donald Trump and, and his uh, allies are exactly, uh, there is a bipartisan concern that we're hearing, especially from uh, the more national security conscious uh, wing of the Republican Party, where Anything like this, as far as what R- Russia's role should or should not be in American politics, as well as uh, the idea that Russia is still considered, if you put it lightly, a competitor, if you put it uh, more severely, a-, a national security threat, then we're sort of getting some kind of, I suppose, unified voice in, op- in opposition to this. I'm just wondering if politically this has any legs. Oh, I think politically we're going to see this come out uh very soon, because today uh, Trump will name uh, the head of Exxon oil company, uh, Rex Tillerson, to be Secretary of State. Now, Tillerson has deep ties with Russia. He was given the order of friendship uh, by President Putin in 2013. Exxon has billions of dollars wrapped up in contracts with Russia and wants to see the lifting of U.S. sanctions on Moscow. Uh, Senators like John McCain, Lindsey Graham, Tom Langford of Oklahoma have already said that they have deep concerns about Tillerson becoming Secretary of State because effectively it looks like Trump is going to go soft on the Russians despite pretty clear evidence of Moscow's aggressive foreign policy in most parts of the world. In terms of uh, an actual probe into this, uh, calls for an independent investigation, the Republicans do control the Senate, and they don't appear to be, over at least the leadership. We know that um, Senators McCain and Lindsey Graham uh, are a little bit more forthright about this, but the leadership itself doesn't seem to have a strong appetite to really uh, get to the bottom of this. At least that's the perception, and, and that concern would then be that this kind of all just blows over, and by the time we know it, uh, inauguration is upon us. I think that shifted yesterday. The leader of the Republicans in the Senate, Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, said that he would welcome a bipartisan investigation uh, of what exactly has happened. So I think with him taking the lead in the Senate, you're going to see the Republican Party, as long as they believe it is a fair, independent inquiry, are going to support an investigation into how deep Russian penetration was. In terms of the politics behind this, how concerned do you think the Trump's t- um, transition team would feel? This is obviously not something that they feel is existential to their uh, uh, destiny as uh, taking over the Oval Office and in turn becoming the leader of the free world, right? I think Donald Trump's so arrogant, he's never actually concerned that he'll yeah. face any opposition. I think he thinks, I'm a winner and I'll always win. Now, uh, so far, let's admit it, he has become president of the, or right. uh, soon to be president of the U.S. But I think uh, 
the, some members of the team probably have to start worrying about the fact that he, this is a president who is now going to be standing against many of his party members in Congress. He is going to be standing against many of his agencies, not only the CIA, but I think the military have great concerns about him. Uh, I think you're going to see a divided American administration from January. It's interesting because uh, we, we talk about all of these things where the pundit class would say, well, that was the, uh, the death knell of talking like that about Muslims, talking like that about immigrants, uh, being caught on tape, uh, uh, talking about sexually harassing women. Uh, he's gone through it. He's doubled down uh, sometimes in terms of his defiance. It looks like he is following that path once again. We know that there are certain electors who are a bipartisan group of electors who have now demanded that they would like to see uh, more information in regards to what the CIA has claimed um, in the lead up to of course, when the Electoral College uh, gets to a vote. I know that it's been a crazy year in American politics, Professor Lucas, but is it possible, and I know that um, uh, a filmmaker like Michael Moore has actually even predicted in kind that uh, we still aren't done with this yet and the game's not exactly over yet. Can we expect more fireworks in the lead-up to January 20th? Not from the Electoral College. I mean, uh, there are no significant Trump electors who have said that they will right. uh, defect. Uh, and, and to do that, would I think people would see it as running a risk of, of showing uh, how weakened American democracy is. I don't think they're going to challenge the process that way. I think what you're going to see is more growing opposition to Trump himself, uh, not only, as we've mentioned, from Congress and from agencies, but I think a grassroots ground, groundswell against him. Uh, we, the issues you just started to identify, immigration, um, his divisiveness over ethnic groups like Muslims, mm-hmm. his, anti, uh, his, his hostile rhetoric towards women uh, and towards African Americans. I, I think you have a badly divided American society right now, uh, but you're going to see movements who are going to say, look, Trump is just not the way that we want to go as a country that supposedly promotes freedom to the rest of the world. That does sound like... Um very much a possibility as far as uh, what the country mobilizes around. But the fact of the matter is the the Republicans control the House, they control the Senate, and they will control the White House. And there are a lot of people who are not necessarily in line with Trump's vision of making America great again, but people like Paul Ryan who would like to uh, impose their own economic agenda that they've been waiting uh, a, a, a long number of years to do so in regards to Medicare, in regards to Social Security. That can already... that can regardless of the divided opposition, that can probably happen, right? I mean, regardless of how people feel about this uh, CIA hacking thing. Oh, I mean, these are going to be damaging times. I think you're going to see the Trump people try to immediately pull out of the climate change agreements that took years to arrange, uh, the Paris agreements on carbon dioxide. I think you're going to see them try to repeal Obamacare. Uh, I think you're going to try to see them strip back environmental protection. But there's always a chance they may go too far. Um, I think there are some Republicans as well as Democrats who think, no, you can't really abolish the Environmental Protection Agency. I think there are some Republicans who are concerned that you can't just simply repeal Obamacare and not put in a decent system to cover about 40 million Americans who were without coverage until recent years. So I, I think if Trump was a more moderate president, let's say a Reagan and his team in the 1980s, I think, ironically, it would be even more damaging because I think they could get legislation through Congress. I actually think Trump will overstep the mark, and you'll see Republicans as well as Democrats pushing back against him, at least on some of the more extreme uh, policies such as his uh, proposal to detain millions of immigrants. 
Bottom line, uh, Russia, who's always been irked in the past over uh, the U.S. supposedly meddling in their political process, uh, their attacks on American journalists and whatnot. Are they sitting pretty right now? Do they do they feel a sense of schadenfreude over what's going on in the U.S.? They've played. I mean, President Putin's played a weak hand incredibly well. I mean, Russia's in serious economic trouble, um, not just sanctions, but fundamental problems with the economy. Yet, despite that, Putin's basically gambled on an aggressive policy in Eastern Europe. Ukraine, Crimea, and in the Middle East, such as Syria, to try to project power. And they have done that through a systematic effort, not only of cyber warfare, but of disinformation and state propaganda. And they've put the U.S. on the back foot. And, you know, you can just see it in what Trump is saying, that he thinks Putin is a great guy who should be his best friend. I don't want a new Cold War, but we need to be very clear. This is a very aggressive, a very challenging Russia, uh, which is willing to destabilize parts of the world. And you need to recognize that rather than just simply blindly saying, oh, we can be friends. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Professor Lucas, as always, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Appreciate it. Thank you.